So welcome to what lyric with a capital Y? L. I I just wanted to mention the L. I took. I love the whole the 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 saying of I took the L. It's kind of. I know it's old, but I took the L in Chicago and made a took a snapshot of it and being like I'm taking an L. It's kind of funny. Why? Stick figure. You use it a lot when you're drawing stick figures. You use Y. As I do at least for arms. So why as a letter doesn't get enough credit. R ratings. Rate this podcast five stars or whatever you're feeling. Thanks. I enjoy doing this podcast and I hope you enjoy it too. C. It's in a Michael Jackson song and it started a great Latin phrase. Carpe diem. That stands for seize the day. Enjoy this upcoming episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Lyric with a Capital Y. I'm John Hudson, and I'm glad to bring you today's podcast. Today is Season 5, Episode 2. Thank you for letting me take a week off. I needed that. I'm going to need a week off next week, but I won't take it because work is crazy. But we're going to dive into Season 5, Episode 2. This might be my favorite episode yet because of the special guest. We have my best friend, my day one graduate from North Carolina University, master's student at University of Georgia. It is Evan Satil. Evan, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, Jay. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited about this. You're welcome. I am too, because Evan's bringing us a band slash artist that we haven't done before. Evan, what are we going over today? Yeah, so we're going to listen to one of my favorite bands. They're called State Radio. Um, their front man is a guy named Chadwick Stokes, and you might know him from his more popular band, Dispatch, but this is a little bit more rock and roll, a little bit more politically charged. Yeah. Should be a good one. I do know Chadwick Stokes from, Stokes from Dispatch. I know Dispatch from you guys, too, so another band I learned from the Statios. Let's just dive into it. The first song we have is People to People. The first lyric we have here is the woman in the valley forge they go day to day don't let them raid my home and my home and place but the men they can't see beyond so they war and war they don't remember what they came here for people to people are so unjust carry yourself well so carry yourself well and i just wrote down i think it's referencing a war possibly iraq and it's kind of a civilian's view of it what else you got for that one evan Yes, I like the allusion to like the American Revolution in the very beginning, uh, women in the Valley Forge. Um, and I think it's probably talking about here Iraqi women. Mm. Uh, and then they war in war. They don't remember what they came here for, kind of talking about the American soldiers that are there. Um, they've kind of forgotten why they're in Iraq and they're just fighting for fighting's sake, so it seems. Um, and I quite like the, when you get into the chorus, that people to people are so unjust um people are just mean to each other people do bad things to each other so what can you do you can just carry yourself well and do the best you can be nice be kind yeah yeah i agree with that and i think that's a super important thing to do these days when um just the world is kind of a crazy place and you just gotta carry yourself well it's good to good to follow that one They came in for and people to people us. 
we will be alive just broken people to people are so unjust they say carry yourself well carry yourself well people to people are so unjust they say carry yourself well so carry yourself well overall an interesting song i don't i don't listen to i'll admit it i don't listen to state radio a lot so that was like kind of the first song i've listened to in a while that has a political aspect to it so that was interesting to me what what do you like most about that song evan um, I love the allusion to the American. The album is called Us Against the Crown. Kind true, of true. We should have led with that. <laughs> kind of talking about um, the U.S. against the British, us fighting against the crown. And this song starts with an allusion to the American Revolution. It's the first track in the album, but then kind of gets into this um, idea that we have become the crown. Which is what I love. It's also kind of, when you listen to it, it's kind of a reggae rock yeah. vibe. has a good vibe to it, for sure. We focus on the lyrics, but it also has a good beat and vibe to it as well so we will go from people to people to i believe it's the third song um camillo and again the album is us against the crown any lyrics stand out to you for camillo or you want to go over first before i just dive in um chronologically uh, i think before just diving into the song it's important to maybe talk about that this song camillo was about a real guy yeah okay yeah because i i came across that but if i didn't come across that yeah you're right that's important Yes, there's a guy named Camilo Mejia. He was, uh, he did, I think, half of a tour in Iraq, um, came home, and then um, did not go back and became a conscientious objector, saying that basically what he saw in Iraq and what the U.S. was doing, he couldn't, in good faith, go back and do that to those people. Um, and then he was put in jail for a year by the U.S. Army and found guilty of desertion. So the song is kind of about him. Gotcha. Wow. Well, very explicitly about him. Yeah. I mean, they named it after him. So the first lyric is Woke him up with a barrel to his head His eyes shut tight, bracing for the blow Resigning his life to the metal held in another man's hand That's tough It seems yeah. like some guy's about to kill another guy Yeah, I think this is probably talking about his experience in Iraq Yeah uh, He's the one who has the gun in his hand And he's holding it against someone else's head um, A little further down we get to the line What life have I to take your own? It's like, who am I to come across to your country and kill you? Yeah yeah. Then it goes 20 days in a concrete fallout. What life have I to take your own? Oh, my country, won't you call out? Doorbells are ringing with boxes of bones. And from another land's war torn corners to a prison cell in, in my own. Punish me for not taking your orders, but don't lock me up for not leaving my home. Your words, just a bloody fallacy, a house of cards you painted white. You tried to recreate Normandy, but you made up the reason to fight and now red oil is spilling down the street and your eyes too big for the belly is weak will you not refuse this currency or is blood money just money to you is blood money just money to you Woken on with a barrel to his head his eyes shut tight bracing for the blow Resigning his life to the metal held in another man's hand. The Twenty days in a concrete fallout. Will life without it take your arm? Oh, my country, won't you call out? Doorbells are ringing with boxes of bones. From another land's war torn corners to a prison cell in my own. Punish me for not taking your orders, but don't lock me up for not leaving my own. Your words just 
just a bloody fallacy A house of cards you painted white Tried to recreate harmony But you made up a reason to fight And now red oil is spilling down on the streets And your eyes so big for the belly is weak Will you now refuse this currency? There's 20 days in a concrete fallout What life of to take you on Oh my country, won't you call out Doorbells are ringing with boxes of bones From another land's war-torn corners to unpack there indeed you want to take a shot at it sure 20 days in the concrete fallout i would assume that's kind of like a a little platoon battle there and the country won't fault these people for i guess fighting and i guess the civilian casualties that come from this fighting doorbells are ringing with boxes of bones people are dying and they're bringing um i guess they're gorily bringing the not bones, it has to be a metaphor for like you get the little card that says, I'm sorry, your loved one died in the war. And yeah, now you can correct me. <laughs> no, no, I think that's right on. Um, I think the first part of here is talking about Iraq with the 20 days and a concrete fallout, but then it definitely comes and moves to the US talking about um, doorbells are ringing with boxes of bones. Um, I think the line at the very in the middle there, punish me for not taking your orders, but don't lock me up for not leaving my home is a bit of a false dichotomy. Um, I understand what he's trying to do with it. Yeah. Um, you can punish me for not, I'm a soldier, right? You can punish me for not taking your orders on the battlefield. But he says, don't lock me up for not leaving my home. However, his orders are to go to Iraq and to fight. Yeah. And so they but are staying like, at home. He's disregarding yeah. orders. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a, I understand what they're trying to do, but I think it's probably a bit of a false dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the line, you tried to recreate Normandy, but you made up a reason to fight. Um, yeah of hearkening back to a U.S. war that was kind of seen as just and um, necessary in World War II and comparing it to the Iraq war. I've ins- I especially like the you made up a reason to fight. Yeah. Talking about, um, the lies about WMDs that were in Iraq as the justification for invading. So I thought that line was really good. I like the um, blood money, just money to you, blood money, just money to you. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a tough line, but like I guess that was somewhat of the mentality or they're saying that that was the mentality of the U.S. to not care that we're just going in and don't really have a just reason. Yeah, and kind of the people in the U.S. are getting rich off this war. True. Yeah. Generally, it kind of just repeats from there and then it just ends with, uh, it repeats Camillo about 10 times and then it throws in leaving my home and Camillo, yeah. So I'll play that part for you, but I don't really want to read that one out. So that was Camillo, third song on the album Us Against the Crown by State Radio. What stands out to you? What do you like most about that song, Evan? Um, 
I enjoy I enjoy the actual storytelling of it. Um, when yeah. I first got into this album, I was I don't know maybe thirteen, mm-hmm. fourteen. Um, I didn't know who Camilo Mejia was. I thought it was a cool song. Mm-hmm. I learned about it. The like very explicit storytelling that it does um, is probably the reason I enjoy it so much now. It constantly shows up on my top plate of the year songs, even this far on. It's probably the one of two songs on this album that I consistently listen to on a very regular basis. Nice. It's good to find a song that that's that is that good to you early on. <laughs> it's always good to have that go to. Then we go from another song, the third song on the album, to what's gunship political, the seventh song on the album. I don't know. Let's see, gunship politico is the tenth song on the album. There you go. We go to gunship politico, tenth song on the album. The first. What are you saying? Go ahead. To preface, this is probably my favorite song on the album. Okay, got it. Evan's favorite song. We're going we're to ask him why at the end. But the first lyric here, on the one they'll catch you. If you skirt disaster on the day they told her, but she wants stay, stay. And all the ones that saw you, witness of Goya, witnesses of Goya, elected to serve you till your dying day, till your dying day. I hope you don't get what you're after. I hope you don't get what you're after. catch you if you skirt disaster on the day they told her but you want to stay stay and all the ones that saw you witnesses of goya elected to serve you till you die in day day till you die in day Defense. 
Using a broken sentence that's not to be shy If you please You men of authority We do not speak your language, see Please act accordingly Cause he wasn't begging But he was just keeping time with his code You go on and believe that You keep your eyes straight up And I was just looking I had no intention to touch But I know when I'm not welcome So I thank you very the leader of whatever this hypothetical this country or whatever they're going for here is kind of going off the rails and then the witnesses of goya you sent me a painting about that so what do you see in this first lyric yeah so to start just the name of the song gunship politico i think is a play on like gunboat diplomacy which the u.s employed um in the mid to late uh, 19th century to open up a bunch of countries in Latin America and to open up um, Japan. Um, and it was a way basically the U.S. had these big large boats that other countries didn't have. We would park them basically on their borders and say like if you don't trade with us or change your politics we will invade. Um, so it's kind of heartening right. that which I enjoy. Um, but yeah, Witnesses of Goya was a line I always enjoyed. Um, I took an art history class my senior year of high school 
And they brought up a painter called Francisco Goya, who had this great painting. I believe it's called, I have it written down somewhere here. Um, the 3rd of May, 1808. And it's basically um, a bunch of people in front of a firing line with a bunch of soldiers pointing at them. And then the people are doing various things. Um, and it's kind of alluded to throughout this whole song about who those people are, um, why they've been put up against a wall, who the oppressors are. But I just thought um, opening up with witnesses of Goya is a great way to start the song. It's a very like, small tacit illusion. Yeah, agree. And now I know a painting I didn't know about 20 minutes ago. It's pretty cool. And I think it the from the painting you sent me, it, it, it refers to a line later on in this. And we'll see if we can get to that one because this is a long song. So I'm just kind of skipping through. Do you have any lines you want to make sure we go over? Um, Let's see. I think we can skip to the six men on their knees line. Got it. So then the line is six men on their knees, eyes shining in the high beams of the searchlight, cop shadows on the wall, several stories tall, instilling Woa such a fright. One's kicked in the gut. He's all cut up by the corner cop. One stands in defense in a broken sentence. Ask not to be shot, if you please. Men of authority, we do not speak your language. See, please act accordingly. So the 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 picture the picture that Evan sent me, it's very uh, stunning. Maybe stunning the right word. I don't know. Yeah, you know, uh, talking about paintings is a really great medium for an audio podcast, I know. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, um, the painting shows six men, um, one's on his knees, there's one guy cut up and bloodied on the floor, one guy looks like he's standing up trying to plead with um, the soldiers who are standing there with their rifles aimed at them. It's a pretty explicit, um, I've lost my word. Scene. Yeah, it's a pretty explicit like depiction of the scene. Um, I think probably the lines that diverge from it most are at the very end. Um, Men of authority, we do not speak your language, see, please act accordingly. Talking about maybe these people who are up against the wall, um, didn't want to be there, don't understand why they're there. Yeah. Uh, they were just caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the song kind of gets into that a little bit later. I agree. It's a very, what you said, explicit scene. It's tough. And like you said, these, these people probably just are wrong place, wrong time. That's not helping them. Um, moving on. We have watch out for the politicals. Don't mess, mess with the down, down pressure way. They got it down pat. They got it down to a T. No one gets through the lockstep jaw. You ain't guilty, but you did get caught. So lack for a better suspect, we nominate you to ride this one out, to see this one through. C-A-C-A, -A, arms thrown up in an in a ever fearful protest as the firing squad would ever think to notice as if you could summon the likes of Moses to put blood back in his friend's veins. It seems here that they like wrongfully convicted a guy but no one really cares or people care about it, but the people in charge don't care that they wrongfully convicted someone. So he's going to go to the firing squad regardless. Yeah. I think you definitely see that with the first line, watch out for the politicos, watch out for the politicians, the people trying to get into power, the people currently in power. Um, this is a pretty lefty album politically. 
Um, but one thing that kind of portrays through a lot of it is just a distrust of like politicians and a political establishment in general, no matter what side you're on. Um, I think that really comes through here. Um, I also like the line, you ain't guilty, but you did get caught. Yeah. And I think it's probably talking about, I think a lot of this song is just about U.S. Um, diplomacy in general, but I think this line might be a direct talking about Iraq, um, the people, the things that we're doing to the citizens there. Um, you're not guilty, you know, you're just living your life, but you did happen to be in the place, like in the wrong place, and you got caught by the Americans, even though you did nothing wrong. Yep. And it kind of comes up in the lines right after that. He says, um, if you step one, if you're one step faster, you can skirt disaster. But if it's not you, it'll be the next guy who's the wrong color at the wrong time. So even if you get away, there'll be someone just like you um, who will get caught up and face the fate that you're facing now. Um, and especially the line, uh, the man who's the wrong color at the wrong time. I'm talking, I think, about how the U.S. tends to invade black and brown nations. Um, mm -hmm. and this happens to people who don't look like us, you and I. Yep, agreed. It's an un unfortunate reality there, but it's, again, unfortunately a reality. And then the song closes out with another day's over. The decision still stands. His honor in his chambers still washing his hands. You know, he's been fiddling in his room all day, just trying to wash all his conscience away. No one's asking for hangman's tree. They just looking for something true to believe. C-A-C-A, see them know, but will not say he wasn't begging. So no one really, no one wants the death penalty. No one wants to die from this. They're looking for something true to believe in. It's hard to believe in anything because the government here, the politicos are bad. And he wasn't begging that one kind of threw me off but yeah what do you think of that last little yeah. chunk um the another day's over the decision still stands i think it's talking about u.s leaders trying to reconcile what they're doing abroad um mm -hmm. trying to fiddle in his room all day just trying to wash his conscience away um trying to get over what atrocities the u.s have been doing in iraq um and i think the next one telling no one's asking for a hangman's tree no one's asking for these leaders to be killed or anything we're just looking for someone to tell us the truth, someone, um, you know, kind of righteous to believe in, I think is what I got from it. Yeah, I agree. Having money and ibuprofen after this podcast, he is carrying us. Here we go. That was a good one. That was your favorite song on the album. Why was that your favorite song, Evan? Um, it wasn't always. It's really the Goya part. Once I took that class and I saw the Goya painting and I listened to this, I was like, oh, that's what he's talking about. And then it kind of gets into the description of the painting. I was like, oh, OK. And then I learned about the history of the painting and what it talked about. And it's kind of put everything together for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I also do like when it gets to the part about watch out for the politicos, it kind of changes beats a little bit and it gets a little quicker, almost into like semi-spoken rap stuff. Um, and I just like the change of pace that's in the middle of the song as well. Cool, cool. I can see how getting like more a more in-depth connection kind of with the song, knowing that painting and that background would add to your liking of it. So now we'll go from that song to a brief pause. We're gonna go into the questions of the podcast. They are not hard, so Evan should be should easily be able to answer them. The first one is what's your favorite song from state radio it doesn't have to be on this album oh boy um i can go first if you want <laughs> yeah go ahead and go first i need to look right. up their so mine is on this album wow why, why didn't we choose well okay mine is on this album it's write me up it's probably one of their most popular songs they have 
for sure it just has a good beat also good lyrics and it's the one i not really grew up on but it's the one that i've heard the most as well so yeah write me up is my favorite one i didn't know it was on this album but it is so that's pretty cool write me up is a great song it's maybe their most famous oh um, yeah for sure (laughs) i think yeah it's maybe their most famous song um on any of these albums i think my probably favorite there's a song on an album called the album's called let it go it was released in 2009 so a couple years after this one and it's called uh blood escaping man and i didn't yeah, I didn't know until I heard an interview with the lead singer, but it's uh, basically about the Odyssey and um, wow. Ulysses coming home and all of the suitors trying to uh, woo his wife and him coming in as like this beggar um, who eventually shows himself to be Ulysses. Um, but the whole song's just about that. And I just love the song for its sound and stuff. And then years later, I heard an interview with them talking about it's about the Odyssey. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's cool. I didn't know that, and I like the Odyssey, so I'm probably going to check that one out after this podcast for sure. Second question of the podcast, Evan is a, I guess I can say this, Evan is a history buff. He likes history. So what is your favorite historical event, or like top three, if you can't think of a favorite? Ooh, favorite historical event. Um, This might show my like Americanist, I guess, but I really enjoy the American Revolution. Okay. I enjoy it for the ideals that it showed. I enjoyed it for, um, you know, the first revolution in the new world, um, the birth of modern democracy, all that jazz. Um, I'm also really into um, Latin American politics and Latin American history. So the Haitian revolution is right there with it. Um, A revolution of black slaves that overthrew um, the French uh, white settlers in Haiti and basically became the second republic in the new world, the first um, black republic in the new world. Just super cool. Um, another historical event that I really like. This is a good question, Jonathan. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I can I can say mine if you want to think more on your third one. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so mine is, I don't know if you'd say, like this is one no one's going to say it's a historical event, but it's something that I think is really important and it's probably going to show my politics, but I don't really care at this point. It's the Was- George Washington's farewell address or letter, one of those two. Um, he's He warned against political parties and how it would like possibly cause harm to our nation. And I don't know if there's anything else in history that's more accurate than that. And that just really, it really always gets me. And I, I wrote a college essay about it. And it just was really like, wow, why didn't we listen to this guy and look at us now type of thing. So, yeah, that's my favorite quote unquote historical event. Beyond that, I don't know. I, I promise I paid attention to history class. It's just been a while since I took a history class. So, yeah, I'll yeah, go think, with that one. I think that's great. Um, the more I learned about George Washington, the more it just sees just the, this like humble genius. I know, right? Um, who understood like, you know, I don't want to be king. I don't want to have like the U.S. go down monarchy again. Two years is enough. And then just his forbearance about what American politics could be and warning against the ills of parties and factionalism. Yep. That have come to define, you know, American politics for the last 20 years for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a super good one. Cool, thank you, thank you. Did you think of a third one? Yeah, um, another Latin American one, another revolution. You can tell I really enjoy um, wars and political change. Um, Mexico, the Mexican Revolution that took place. Oh, yeah. uh, 
in the 1910s and the 1920s, something I never learned about till college. Um, it was the first socialist revolution in the new world. Um, uh, poor industrial workers from the north and uh, landowning peasants from the south, or not landowning, um, people would have their land taken away in the south kind of rose up against a really repressive regime in Mexico and ushered in a new era of democracy um, that eventually was co-opted into a one state thing. But the ideas of it were democracy and uh, land reform and uh, workers' rights and a bunch of stuff, children's rights. So really mm -hmm. interesting. Didn't learn about it till pretty late on in my life, but really, really cool. I agree. That was, that's always the like one thing that always sticks out to me in, in my, I think I took two college history classes, two history classes in college. And that's always, I think they both went over that and it always stuck out to me. It was very interesting. So I agree. Good pick there. So that was our second question. Favorite historical event. And the last one is the last one that always is the last one. What's a good thing that happened to you this week? Evan. Oh boy. Um, a good thing that happened to me this week or last week. I, I usually say you can do last week or this coming week. Cause this comes out Sunday. So you have the leeway of future week or past week. I mean, I just have so many good things. Can I say more than one? Yeah, no, well, you're not limited to one. All good things are great right now. Um, so my favorite soccer team, Manchester United went top of the table Let's go. for the first time since the end of the 2013 season. Let's go been a long seven so years um of not being good so that was really <laughs> exciting um some other good news uh joe biden got inaugurated and there was no, no violence or any problems with it a yep. power which was nice to see and um on a personal note uh, my mom has was recently diagnosed with breast cancer um and she went to the doctor and got a bunch of good results and good screenings for genetic testing and stuff so everything's looking like it's moving in the right way yeah really nice to hear yep super glad to hear that from miss lara i love miss lara so much so i'm glad she's doing well and i wish her the best she knows we're all here to support her those are great things and mine i'm trying to think mine are not as substantial i will also agree that the inauguration was good i actually do have a substantial one to throw in their third but the second one, I got to call a hockey game, not just color commentary. I got to do the play-by-play. -play. That was so fun. I did that last night. Uh, the first period, I rode the struggle bus trying to figure out the names, which is semi-frustrating because I spent four hours trying to memorize these names and thought I had it, and it's just blank. But the second period, they all came back to me, and they got a goal. If, you, if you're a Hurricanes fan, it's the Svechnikov where they, like, lifted above the net. They call it the Michigan, the lacrosse goal. NC State did that. That was a cool goal to call, and it was just all around a fun game. NC State won 12-2 against Dallas Baptist University, so that was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm going back tonight in three hours, two hours to do that again, so that will be fun. And then my third one, my grandpa is in the hospital, Grandpa James Hudson, my dad's dad. I hope he's doing okay. We heard yesterday he was doing better, so that's good. I can only wish him the best of health moving forward prayers up for grandpa james yep so those are the three questions of the podcast one what's your favorite state radio song two what's your favorite historical event favorite historical events you can choose more than one and three what's a good thing that happened to you this past week or this coming week let me know instagram at jd number for unc would love to get a response i mean i'm in a response drought guys i haven't gotten a response in like 10 weeks so any response even if it's like 
I hate this historical event. Like something. I need something, guys. It'd be great. So we will move on from the question of the podcast back to the songs. And our fourth one is Calvados Chopper. And I might let you lead the way on this one, Evan, because I have the lyrics, but beyond that, it kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah, that's fine. I had to do some research on what a Calvado was. Yeah, I have no idea. So enlighten us. Yeah, a Calvado is a um, an alcoholic drink that is like 70% alcohol by volume, oh. made out of like apple cider. It's oh my God. from France, and I believe it is currently illegal, kind of like moonshine is nowadays. But that's what it's talking about. Um, that's what a Calvado is. Okay, good to know. I would die with 70% alcohol easy money there would be there would be no no question the first lyric here for calvados chopper we have and there's a quiet in the cellar and if they find us it'll be all she wrote and by the time the ground had thawed the summer she had barely spoke i feel so i feel so blind to what you're saying and if you don't if you don't know the cost we're paying and there's a quiet in the cellar And if they find us It'll be all she wrote By the time the ground had thawed The summer she had barely spoke I feel so I feel so blind to what you're saying And if you don't And if you don't know the cost we're paying
So yeah. before I knew it was about alcohol, I kind of thought they were like just hunkering down in the cellar and then they could be soldiers or they could just be civilians. And the opposite of that just doesn't understand like the other people. If they're civilians, the soldiers don't understand their thought process, their way they're thinking. And if they're soldiers, the civilians don't understand what they're going through, their thought process, the way you're thinking. That's what I got out of the first line. What do you think of that? No, I think you're right on. Um, I saw, I read an interview that Chad did a couple years ago about this song. Um, and it's about World War II and U.S. soldiers in France. And the first part, yeah, there's a quiet in the cellar. If they find us, it'll be all she wrote is about the, um, the soldiers who are down there who are going to go do a raid on a German encampment. Wow. And they have to be really quiet because if they're loud, the Germans will know where they're coming from. Um, and then the second part, um, by the time the ground had thawed this summer, she had barely spoke, is talking about the people that were housing the U.S. soldiers. Um, and then it gets into the, I feel so blind to what you're saying. If you don't know the cost we're paying, is that about the civilians, the French citizens um, feel blind to kind of the let's go-ness of the U.S. soldiers. And they, the soldiers don't know the cost that these French civilians could be paying by housing them. Yep. There you go, Evan, with another fire explanation. And then it goes into, I think this guy is just ruining it all. If you're saying they have to be quiet to try to get in this German place, encampment, this guy's ruining it because he says, the lyric, he came screaming down the river, all hopped up on the Calvados, and whatever he, whatever he's taking, whatever he's making, please don't give me any of those. Last time I saw him, he was sitting up high in his caravan. So man's drunk. Yeah. Man, he's screaming his head off, coming down the river. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. He's hopped up on the Calvados. He's had too many drinks and he's screaming. He's kind of ruining everything. I think you're spot on. Yeah. Uh, the next, the next lines, the last time I saw him, he was sitting high on his caravan. There's a paradigm switch in the song where now it's talking about um, his mom, the mom of the soldier back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this line is talking about her seeing him leave. Last time I saw him, he was sitting up high in the caravan as if to say, if we are anything, if I am anything, then this is who I am. Um, and I think this talks about how the soldier sees himself, you know, if we are anything as a nation, talking about U.S. fighting in World War II, if I am anything as a person, this is who I am, a soldier going to fight for um, freedom from people who have been oppressed in Europe by a terrible Nazi regime. And then, of course, something happens during the war that turns this man into someone who's, I want to go fight for freedom into a man that's hopped up on the Calvados yeah. and ruining the whole charge. Yep. And the, the last line here in this song, Calvados Chopper, is, wake up the mother. I feel like no other word could hurt her more. Oh, what's another lie? Tell us you don't exactly know for sure how it goes with Calvados. Oh, what's another war when it's not your children? Re-elect crook district attorney. All spelled out in letters. So it could be R-E-L-E-C-T, all that, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that guy, he's either reminiscing on when he left for the war, or he's, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I don't know. So what I got from it is uh, the first line, the wake up the mother, I feel like nothing could break her more. I think this is talking about her son dying in the war. Ah, there you go. That makes more sense. Someone having to come tell the mom. Um, and why, you know, you don't know how it goes with Calvados. Um, 
And then, you know, you don't know, just tell them that, you know, you don't know what happened or it wasn't because your son got drunk. Yeah. Why? Um, yeah. And then the very end, what's another war when it's not your children? What's a war to the U.S.? What's a war to the people in power when it's not their children that have to go fight and die in it? Mm. I think it also talks a bit, it doesn't explicitly say this, but throughout the song, I think it talks about um, youth and um, young people who go fight in wars. A lot of people who sign up, um, you know, out of high school, early college or 18, 19, 20, they're not old enough to drink. Um, they get to the army and, you know, they're so young that they get hopped up on the Calvados because they've never had alcohol before in their life and they end up dying. And it's just kind of this loss of youth. Yeah. Agree. And yeah, just that's a tough line, but agree. Now I can definitely see that they would be telling the mom that her son died and also agree that the people in power are moving militaries, but they aren't thinking too much about the direct effect, but also it's hard to think about a direct effect when you run uh, such a big organization uh, in such a high up place, but I feel like you still should. And then what do you think of reelect crook district attorney? So I, had, I had no clue this song was saying that until I looked up the lyrics for this. Um, it's spelled oh. out. It's R-E-E-L-E-C. Okay, so it's spelled. It spells out the whole thing and it's kind of distorted over um, heavy music at the end of the song. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just, I don't I don't know what it's trying to say um, within the context of the song, but I think maybe standalone, it's about um, these things happen, people die, kids die, um, but we still just reelect the same leaders. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why they chose district attorney because um, district attorneys don't do much with fighting foreign wars. Maybe it just sounded nice, all spelled out. And it does sound kind of nice and melodic in the song. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. And yeah, for music... I would think, especially when you're spelling things out, you go for sound because, um, what is it? Macklemore does the independent. It sounds really good and he spells it out. So I can see how that would, the or sound would overtake the um, meaning. Yeah. So that was Calvados Chopper. And what do you like about that one? Um, I love, I actually really like, not for the lyrics. I know this is a lyrics podcast, but it's the very fun. end. The reelect crook district attorneys. Um, the end of the song is basically just a minute of them spelling this out with the different guitar riffs over it, mm -hmm. and it's just a beautiful sound. It's a great way to end the song. Um, I also kind of like a lot of this album is politically charged, and I kind of like stepping away a little bit from modern politics and looking at it's kind of a throwback to World War II and basically how the people we were sending to fight then the young kids are the same young kids we're staying to fight now. So I kind of like hearkening back to previous. U.S. wars. Yep, I like the beat as well on that one, and the the story arc's kind of interesting. Now that I know more about it, I like the whole like they're trying to get into this place, and this one guy ruins it, and that that part's kind of is somewhat lighthearted. He's ruining it, but then it goes deeper, and when he dies from ruining, and that's not as great, but it's still a good song. Talking, about, we'll the, talking about the beat, it's definitely one of the more rock songs of this album. Oh, for sure, yeah, because there's rock, and then you said there's some reggae as well in this album so we'll go from that song to our last song of the podcast it's song number five i would say it's a capital y but we're kind of doing all five as a capital y to the best of our abilities so the last song is democracy in kind it's the last one of the album correct it is there we go so anything to preface before we dive into this one 
Um, I think the symbolism of the album being called Us Against the Crown talking about, you know, the American Revolution, the U.S. against the English crown to ending the song A Democracy in Kind. Um, it's kind of what the U.S. has become, the progression of it. And it's a democracy. They're, I think they're basically saying it's a democracy in name only and that mm -hmm. it's not a true, the U.S. has not reached like a true democracy. Yep. Very accurate in the past four years. Just going to put that out there. And then the first lyric we have, there's an unwhitened blue fell from half mast, now half covering a red shoe, half asked if they were us, what would we do? Mr. Newsman, send your wire, let Washington conspire. You know the company men wait for you in their lair. Cause them bullets are treason Your leader is going to speak now Everyone turn off your minds You're listening to a raid on the state of your heart A democracy in kind just one a lot of symbols of uh patriotism you have the white and blue and then you have fell from half mast half mast meaning something's bad but you fall even worse than that uh the red shoe i don't know what you thought about that that threw me for a loop yeah uh, so th this song took me a lot of brainstorming to really get I um and it took me doing some digging too. So it starts with, there's a UN white flag. So we're talking about like the United Nations. Mm -hmm. Fell from half mast, half covered in a red shoe. Um, and what I got from this is that um, when the US invaded Iraq, um, unlike Afghanistan, the US did not have backing of the United Nations. When the US um, invaded Afghanistan after 9-11, the UN was like, yes, um, the people who orchestrated that attack are in Afghanistan. Um, the Afghani government's not doing enough to stop them. You have the right to invade. 
when the U.S. tried to invade Iraq or when we did invade Iraq. Uh, two years later, the U.S. again went to the U.N. saying, we feel we need to invade Iraq, and the U.N. said no. Um, we as a body, we as a security council do not support this. Um, and then the bloody shoe, uh, the red shoe, I think is a bloody shoe. The U.S. has invaded, kind of stomped on the U.N. and done what it wanted. And then at the very end, the U.S. half-asked if they were us, what would we do? Um, if some other country tried to do this, if some other country um, tried to go against the UN, an invading country after the UN said no, what would we do as someone on the side of the UN? But we only half ask it because we don't, we don't really care. We're powerful enough. We're the hegemon that we can kind of do what we want. Yep. Yeah. It took me a while to really think about it. The half asked if they were us, what would we do really is kind of a mind, mind meld. And so that's all I got from that. Um, and then Mr. Newsman, send your wire, let Washington conspire. Um, you know, the U.S. has reporters in Iraq. They can send back their um, wires about what's going on. And then the company men, the businessmen, and the leaders of Washington kind of conspire about what they want to say um, about what's happening, kind of spin it the way that they like. Agreed. Another great explanation from Evans to Teal. The next lyric we have is, but a moment is calling, calling us all as your one-time supporters hang from media walls and outside the gate, the fate is closing in. You can turn us down, but you can't deny the din. So there's a moment, maybe a war, it's calling them all. Uh, one-time supporters are supporting the war this one time because I guess the UN didn't support them in the last war. Um, fate... And then Din, I have no idea what Din meant. So yeah, go for go for any and all of that. I think you're close. Um, I think it's talking about, and I could be wrong, um, is that your one-time supporters hang from media walls and outside the gate, your fate is closing in. I think it's talking about the American people becoming discontent with the war. Oh yeah. No, you're, your, your, your one-time supporters at one time, they supported this. Um, you can't turn us down, but you can't deny the Din. Um, I think... I don't know what din is. I think din is like a noise. So it's like a slow, it's like a, you can't deny the noise that's happening outside your gate. Um, Mr. President outside the gates of the White House, um, outside the gates of Congress. So I think it's like a growing slow discontent with the war is what they're talking about. Yeah. And, and din is a loud noise. That is, that is the definition on Google of what din is. Thank you, Google. Yep. Thank you, Google. So... It goes from the farmlands to the townships. The masses are classes. War cries arise with every hour that passes. The trampled voice of the past that's seizing us. Go ahead and load the magazine. Cause them bullets. Oh, cause. Cause them bullets are treasonous. Your leader is going to speak now. Everyone turn off your minds. You're listening to a raid on the state of your democracy and kind. What do you take away from all that? Yeah, so the first part, um, from the farmlands to the townships, it's talking about, um, I think, urban and rural people kind of together. And then it talks about the masses are classless, um, the growing discontent. I'm not sure how true this was um, in 2005, I believe, when this album was released. Um, but the idea that people throughout the U.S., um, farmers and city slickers, um, people in the upper class, people in lower classes, um, were kind of rising up, saying, like, we as a group in unison do not agree with this war. Um, and then war cries rise with every hour that passes. People are getting more and more discontent with what the U.S. is doing in Iraq um, because, you know, you see U.S. soldiers coming home. Uh, we didn't find WMDs. Um, yeah. 
So people are getting kind of upset with the war. Um, the last line there, the go ahead and load the magazines because the bullets are treasonous is a line that's really thrown me through a loop. And I think maybe magazine has a double meaning. I think it could possibly be like a real magazine, like you would put in a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, you were going to really, you're, you know, the masses are coming up to the gates. If they were to overthrow the government, the uh, magazines that they would using, the bullets they'd be using would be treason. I think yeah. it might also mean magazines in like print magazines. Because um, I think the song talks about the media a lot. Yeah. Um, and so when you load the magazine, you load a web page, you load the magazine, you basically just read about being discontent. Um, you read about being mad and stuff like that, but you don't actually do anything. You just load your magazines uh, because then bullets would be treasonous. Yeah. So what can you do except write about it and yeah. express your discontent that way? So you have to load your magazines because the bullets would be treasonous. Yeah. That, so I'm, I'm not, sure what, not sure what meaning he was going for, um, if he even meant it to be a double meaning, but that's kind of what I got from it. Yeah. I like that you're leading it. Your leader is going to speak now, everyone, turn off your minds. It's kind of like this guy's in power, so we'll just go with it. We won't think on our own or, or go our own way. Yeah. I think it's also just a good encapsulation of the Bush years right after 9 11. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this idea in political science called a rally around the flag effect that basically when um, a country is attacked or there's a new war that starts you have people from both sides of the political spectrum rally around your country's flag and rally around the leader because they're the leader that's leading you through this crisis and you kind of give them the support regardless of if you supported them on all of their other policies and so the idea that like Bush starts talking and everyone just kind of closes their minds and turns off and doesn't think about what he's saying because of this effect that like, oh, we need to support the president in this trying time. Um, something you didn't mention, but I think it's really important in this song is there's a line right before your leader is going to speak and it's just a, Chad just yells quiet and the whole song just goes quiet. Oh, okay. I'd... It's like, it's music playing and then he yells quiet and the music stops and then it goes into your leader is going to speak now with music again. And it's kind of like all of this restlessness, all of this discontent that's happening, it stops because the leader is speaking. Got it. Yeah, that's cool. I, this was like the last song I couldn't listen to before we started. But yeah, that's interesting. And it kind of fits with the line as well. So good good on you, Chadwick Stokes, writing that in. We're doing, having that be part of the song. It kind of repeats at this point to the end. Yep. And then it says, a democracy in hey for you, hey for you, hey for you. Hey, it's another hey for you, hey for you, hey for you. Your leader is going to speak now. Everyone turn off your mind. You're listening to a raid on the state of your democracy and kind. What, um, for me, democracy and kind, is that like, this is half a democracy because it's not really a democracy type of thing. Is that where they're getting the title from? I think that's what he's getting at. Yeah, like, okay. um, this is, this whole album is really scathing of Um, the Bush administration and the war in Iraq. And I think it's kind of talking about that under Bush and the way the media kind of um, talked about the Iraq war and the way that the U.S. people responded to Bush, um, it kind of made the U.S. not a true democracy because we just kind of gave one leader a bunch of power and didn't question what he was doing with it. Mm. I think it's also um, just a broader part about like a critique of American democracy. I don't know if he's trying to do this, but I think um, American democracy is very flawed and not super fair. Um, You think about like something like the Electoral College that gives um, power to land instead of people. Um, 
a large swath of the American population, um, Black people weren't allowed, didn't have legal rights to vote until like 50 years ago. So we're really a really young democracy um, in terms of democracies in the world. So I think it's just maybe, a, I'm not sure if it's a critique of that, but it reminds me of that whenever I think of it, of like the works that still needs to be done to make the U.S. Uh, more democratic. Gotcha. Agreed. So that was Democracy in Kind. And that was the last song on their album. And that, yeah. that's that's all the songs we got today. But now we're going to go into a next segment I like to call Get to Know Your Guests Better, Get to Know Evan Statil, the man himself. For context, me and Evan grew up in Raleigh. I met you when I was three. And I was Jonifer for a solid, like, I don't know, two months. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend named Jennifer. Um, and then it was another J name. I was like, Jonifer. I mean, it just makes sense. why not? Like, it makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> so we, it kind of took off from there. We ended up, they lived about, let's see, 15 minutes away from us for five years, maybe more than five years. But then they moved like five minutes away from us, which was like, as kids, we were like, heck yeah. I mean, now we'd still be like, heck yeah. But we were like, heck yeah, our best friends were like five minutes away. So we just drive down there or ride our bikes down there. We had them go into each other's houses, play some hockey, play some uh, Acorn Wars. Don't recommend that one. Uh, Lots of backyard football. Yeah, backyard football, all the fun things. And then they moved to Chapel Hill as we got out of high school years and hung out in Chapel Hill. The parents are still there. I don't know if they're moving. I don't know the house situation at this point. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, Evan hung out in Chapel Hill for high school. We still ended up down there. I'm in the Guilford for college. I went to Chapel Hill. We won't talk about how I could have gotten gone there, but ended up at NC State. It is what it is. And now we're here. Evan's in Georgia. He graduated Chapel Hill. Congratulations, my friend. He's a master's student. He finished undergrad. That's a great accomplishment. Thank you. He's doing what he can with uh, online classes there at Georgia. Rolo is his cat. He has a cat now, Rolo. Yeah, it's the first it's the first pet I've ever owned. Yeah. I didn't know that I I did not know I needed to own a pet until I got Rolo. Nice. My mom is my mom's for people listening. My yeah. mom is allergic to anything with fur, so we never had cats or dogs or anything. Now you're gonna wish this was a video podcast because Rolo's up on the screen. Rolo! Hi Rolo. Waving. Um but yeah, uh, my girlfriend made me convinced me to get a cat and it was the best decision i've made in a long time shout out to claire great decision great convincing good job claire so the the other questions that's your background slash uh quick life update between me and evan um the next questions i have is what's your favorite soccer moment and there's three categories for those of you who don't know i haven't played soccer coaches soccer loves soccer you mentioned man united one what's your favorite soccer moment like nationally like a team you're watching Two, what's your favorite coaching moment? And three, what's your favorite moment playing soccer? Oh, boy. Um, probably my favorite moment watching a professional play. Um, the U.S. played the World Cup in 2014 in, God, where was it? Brazil. And for the first game, my dad and I and my brothers all went out to a bar to watch it. Um, and the U.S. beat Ghana on like a header with like two minutes left. And the whole bar kind of erupted and was high-fiving and celebrating. It was cool to see a bunch of people care about American soccer. And I kind of have that group experience that I'd had with football and basketball with soccer. That's cool. Um, my favorite is coaching. Um, it wasn't even coaching my own player. 
um, I took over coaching for another coach for like one week when he was out on vacation or something. Yeah. And I coached his kids. Um, and I told one of the kids, like when you get, he was really fast. I was like, when you get through on goal, you're trying to just hit the ball as hard as you can. You have this whole goal to aim for, man. Just pick your eyes up and just act like you're passing it to like a corner to one of your teammates. And then the weekend came around, they played their games and he came to me after his game. He was like, Evan, Evan, I scored three goals because of what you told me. Yeah, that's awesome. That was, that was really sweet that someone had taken my advice and used it and gotten better. Um, and then as a player, um, my last year of playing, the last time I played soccer, um, not just for like pickup or anything, was sophomore year of high school. Um, and my team won a tournament in South Carolina. Hey. Or, yeah, yeah, in South Carolina. We won like an end of year tournament. Nice. Um, before the final, I broke my toe. So I had to sit on, I sat on the bench for the last game and it went to penalty shootouts. And it was just, it was super fun playing in the tournament, helping the team get there. But it was also just fun watching them do all the penalties and like hanging out with the coach and trying to like, you know, figure things out of how to be better. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, as you can see, Evan, big in the soccer. We love to hear the great moments there, coaching national and player-wise. That's always great. Next question, Evan was in Raleigh, went to Chapel Hill. So what's your favorite restaurant in Chapel Hill? I think I know this one, but let the viewers know. My favorite restaurant in Chapel Hill is a pizza place called Mercado. Yes, sir. Uh, it is technically actually in Carborough, which is this little adjoining town, but it's close enough. Um, and it's the best pizza I've ever had in the United States. Wow. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Here first, folks. Go check out Mercado's for best pizza in the United States. What do you get there? Um, there's they have a lot of good things. They have a four cheese one that's really good. During the summer, they do a feta and like um, Roma tomato pizza. But really, if you're going for the first time, uh, just get like the margarita. The margarita is delicious. Okay, cool. Noted. Everyone, go check out Mercado's. Uh, off that. I don't know how well you can answer this one because COVID, but what's your favorite place to eat or hang out in Georgia or to get takeout from? <laughs> so we've been cooking a lot, but we get takeout sometimes. Um, this also just shows what kind of food I like, I guess. But there's an Italian place called Amici Hi. Um, that does really good um, tortellini and a really good um, Alfredo, linguine Alfredo. Nice. So I get from there every so often. And it's very delicious. But yeah, Italian food is where my heart lies. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. What's a good memory of your undergrad? Oh, my favorite memory of undergrad ever um, is my freshman year, 2016-2017, UNC won the national championship in basketball. Um, Go and, Heels. Yeah. Um, and then the national championship night, we all rushed the main street. But for the um, final four, yeah, I think we beat Oregon. Um, but everyone, I was in this big dorm that had, you know, 10 stories and like over, over like a thousand kids living in the dorm and a vast majority after we won all came out onto like the, um, the balconies and sang the alma mater together. Nice. Um, and Claire's in the background laughing at me. <laughs> um, but that's probably one of my favorite moments of undergrad. It's gotta be, it's really, it's high up there. Nice. I support that one. Claire can laugh. I support that one. Um, what uh i think i have two more two more what's your favorite topic best topic you've gone over subject wise in grad school so far oh that's a good one we might just end with that one it's a good one it's a really good question um i took a intro to or like a pre-seminar in international relations um last semester 
and we had a whole week talking about um, electoral systems and how um, ranked choice voting works against um, just straight up voting and how autocracies try to portray themselves as democracies. And I just, I love, my um, focus in grad school is Latin American electoral systems. So that was super cool, super nerdy, not really exciting for people who aren't into it, but I had a great time. That's awesome, that's awesome. So I, have how, a, I have a question for you. Oh, here we go, yes. I was about to, uh, to get to know your host a little better. Do you have a favorite Statil Hudson memory? Oh yeah, oh, that's so hard. There's so many of them. Uh, there's, let's say, can I choose three? Yeah, man, go for it. Okay, so one, I don't know if Evan will remember this, but I like vividly remember this. I don't know why, but we are very small at this time. I don't know, like five to seven, let's say. They're in their old, old house in Raleigh, 15 minutes away. I went to his house and there's like a, he has a tiny, I don't know if he still has this. It's a tiny UNC like rug, but it has the basketball court on it. And then we had like a little hoop above his room with a like little room hoop you can play. So we did that. And then like we went to eat and we ate on these plates with animals on them. Like you get your, you get your frog and your uh, tiger thing. And then we're like, shoot, let's be the mascot. So I think we took them and put them on our face like masks and warm and play the game like i think one of us was a tiger for clemson there was obviously not a ram else we would have obviously chosen that but yeah i remember that that was super funny super fun i don't know why i remember that so vividly but that's one of them that's more about me and you saying hudson's overall um i'm trying to think we did so much let's say I mean, any backyard football game was fun. That was fun. Uh, hockey moment. I remember Bennett just taking golf shots at us from like very close range as the goalie. That was not the best, but that was that kind of sums up our hockey moments there. Yeah, for, for people who've never been to Jonathan's old house, he had the super steep. Oh yeah. Um, and his brother would go to the very top of it with the goal down at the very bottom and just hit like basically take the tennis ball and hit it like a golf ball. And yep. just try to like nail it kind of into the goal from up there. Yeah. Very, very Bennett thing. Very on brand for Bennett. Shout out Bennett, but <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. Um, oh yeah, duh. Any beach trip we've done in the past. Maybe the past one because I got drunk for the first time. That was interesting. That was fun. But um, yeah, the the beach trips are always fun. We all get to get together and just hang out and have a good time, play video games, drink, hang out at the beach if the weather's nice. Um, the putt-putt, we used to go to Myrtle Beach, now we're going to Holden Beach. The putt-putt at Myrtle Beach, super fun, competitive at times. I was always into that. And then we do the, uh, they do like, Myrtle Beach does like a golf cart parade every night, and people kind of just play music, parade around their golf cart and hang out. That's always fun. But I'll throw that question right back at you. What's some of your favorite Hudson's to Teal moments? That was a great question, by the way. I hope Thank I had good answers. Um, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind, like he says, all the beach trips, we've been going to the beach together for like 12 or 13 years now, every year for like a week in the summer. Yep. Um, and they, it started as like being little kids and just having like cookies all the time and stuff to now being older and like going on like late night walks on the beach and having beers together and stuff, just super fun. Um, Hmm. Some other ones we, oh, I actually have one. I have a really good one. Okay, go I, for it. I don't think McCarty was involved in this one, but all, right, all of well. us were. Your dad had gotten, we were young, we were, I, you and I were maybe 10 or 11, and we'd all gotten tickets to a Hurricanes game, oh, and we yeah. really decided we wanted to be on the Jumbotron, so we all wore our jerseys, we all painted our faces. Yeah, I remember this now. And went to a Hurricanes game together and just, like, screamed about hockey for, like, Yeah, yeah. And every time the Jumbotron came, we all, like, stood up and started, like, 
Yeah, Maybe. just losing yeah. our minds. I'm sure your dad was so mad at us by the end of that. <laughs> yeah, night. for sure. I don't know how he managed that one, but yeah, I remember that too. That was a fun one, for sure. That's a good one. I'm trying to think, any other good ones stand out? I don't know. It's always been fun. To, I think I went over. This is like sophomore year of college. I was at Guilford. No, I was at State. I don't know. One of those years, I just came over and watched the basketball game with you. But it's always fun to watch the heels with you because. Where I'm at now, due to my own choice, it's hard to watch uh, heels games with people who support and don't just scream at you. So it is what it is. Yeah. See, my senior year, your junior year, we went to the first game, I think, the first ACC oh, yeah. game. No game. That yeah. was so much fun. I bust there. That was great. And we won. And then I think after that, the season kind of went downhill. But that was a great, that was a great win. Oh, Anthony had like 30 points and we thought he was the next coming of Michael Jordan. And yeah. Proceeded had to get injured and not have a great rest of the season. Yep. <laughs> It's what it is at this point. But yeah, that was a that was a fun one for sure. That was great. I enjoyed that. All right, that'll do it here for what lyric with a capital Y. I'm John Hudson. He's Evan Satio. We we went over the album. What's the album? Is Us Against the Crown Us by State Radio. By State Radio. The first song we went over was People to People. The second one was Camillo about a guy who quit the war. The third one was Gunship Politico. The fourth one, Calvados Chopper. It's not a chopper. It's a drink. And the fifth one, Democracy in Kind. That'll do it. If you heard the questions of the podcast, please let me know your answers. Instagram, at JD, number four, UNC. Evan, before I wrap it up, wrap it up, what do you want to plug? Anything. Personal uh, Instagram, personal Twitter, soccer Twitter. You love anything you want to go. Well, shoot, I've been debating whether I want to start it back up, and I guess I'll knock myself in for doing it. Um, before last semester, I had a blog that detailed a bunch of things mm-hmm. Latin American politics with a U.S. foreign policy angle. It's called Let's Talk About Latin America. You can find it just by Googling it. Um, first it's semester great. really kicked my butt. And I didn't keep it going, but I have more of a set schedule now. And it's, I think the first post in a long time will be up on Monday. Nice. Nice. Glad to hear that. You want to plug your Instagram or any, any socials? Oh, all my social media is super boring. You can follow me at Statil Evan on Twitter. Um, I tweet about Manchester United, U.S. soccer and uh, politics more broadly, but I'm a pretty boring follow. So. (laughs) All right. There you have it. That's Evan Statil. He's not a boring follow on Twitter, but it wouldn't be boring. That'll do it. Season five, episode two in the books. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.